You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Badass. It is badass. Really cool. badass. Yeah. We are back on the Pipeline Show, and uh, one of the things I, I mentioned uh, earlier this season is that I wanted to talk a lot more uh, U Sports hockey this year than we have uh, up to this point. Uh, we, we've spoken with a lot of players who have uh, gone through the WHL and then on to uh, play in university hockey and uh, and talk about you know more about their uh, their decision to pursue their academics using the WHL scholarship uh, and not looking at it more from a hockey perspective and just talking about the hockey. And I think U-sport hockey is uh, vastly underrated. So I want to uh, help to try to change that focus. So let's uh, let's talk about some U-sports hockey and uh, specifically out west here, Canada West, uh, which is in my for my money uh, the best conference in uh, in U-sports uh, men's hockey. Uh, but we're going to uh, find out for sure what to expect this year. Communications and Marketing uh, Director for Canada West is Evan Dom. Uh, Evan, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you? Great to be here, Gabe. Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. A uh, pleasure to get a chance to speak with you. I hope we can do this uh, throughout the season this year. And uh, exciting because uh, this weekend is opening games for this season uh, in Canada West action. And uh, it, I, I said at the start, maybe we're biased because we're out here, but uh, Canada West is the best conference in, in men's hockey in, in uh, Canadian University Sports, would you agree? Well, of course it is, Key. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not even close. Canada West is by far the best conference. I mean, there's lots of good there's lots of good players, and, and joking aside, uh, you know, it, it obviously is a very strong conference, and a lot of that comes from just the fact that there's so much talent in Western Canada that allows, you know, the Western Hockey League to be so strong, and then by virtue of that, Canada West to be strong from those players who want to stay close to home. So, you know, there's a lot of good programs across the country, but there's certainly no shortage of uh, excellent teams and excellent players in this part of the world. Now, in fairness, uh, AUS out east is is pretty strong as well, and you get to the national championship, and, and if it's not somebody from Canada West, it's usually somebody from AUS that's uh, coming away as national champs. Who is it right now? UNB, New Brunswick? Yeah, UNB beat Alberta last year in the University Cup down in Lethbridge, and like you mentioned, AUS is always a very, very strong conference, and... Uh, they owe part of that to uh, some of the excellent uh, recruits that sometimes they're able to, to snatch out of the Western Hockey League. So mm. uh, they're an excellent conference as well. But, uh, you know, the WHL and Western Canada need to take a little bit of credit for their successes as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, when does the first um, top 10 list come out for this season? Yeah, it'll come out next week. So um, still waiting. Obviously, the, uh, we open up this weekend and we'll get a sense of what uh, the top 10 looks like at that point. And, you're going to have familiar faces, uh, familiar teams, I should say, in there. Um, I mean, UNB goes in as the, the defending national champ, so no surprise. I'm, I'm sure they'll be number one. And Golden Bears, uh, you know, lose to them in the national final and defending Canada West champs, so I'm sure they'll slot in at number two. And then there'll be some uh, jockeying amongst other teams, uh, you know, three three through ten. But I guarantee a one and two are, are pretty clear cut. Yeah. All right. Well, let's look at the, the eight teams that are – Make up uh, Canada West Conference in youth sport hockey uh, for the men, and uh, maybe we'll start with Alberta because that's uh, in the backyard for both of us. You work at the U. Well, do you work at the U of A, or is it, does U Sport have sort of a an office there uh, the, for for Canada West? How's that all work for you? Yeah, so Canada West, so the conference staff, we we work remotely across Western Canada. So I'm based in Edmonton here, but uh, yeah, not at the U of A. No affiliation with with any of our member schools. So we work for. For the conference, uh, working for the members, but uh, not not based on any of the campuses. So we have we have staff all the way from the Lower Mainland in Vancouver, 
uh, to uh, a staff member in Saskatoon as well. So the only province we don't have a staff presence right now is Manitoba, but uh, we, we'll, we'll work on that for our friends in that province. Now, you went to U of A. I, I know when I was broadcasting Golden Bears games, you were around, and, of course, your dad, uh, one of the highly highly decorated, most respected uh, coaches that have uh, gone through U sports. Uh, that would be Rob Dom for the listeners that benefit. But uh, do you ha- is it hard for you to not be biased in favor of the U of A at times? Not really, Gene, to be, to be honest with you. I've been, you know, he's been gone for so long, and, you know, obviously I did games for them doing uh, color and a little bit of play-by-play for them over the years, and, right. and I'm an alum of this school. So there's a pride in, in the institution for sure, but, you know, when you put on the conference hat, uh, I honestly don't find it that hard to separate it. I know people might find that hard to believe, but, you know, I think a little bit of that goes back to my time when I was at the Edmonton Journal and I was covering uh, covering sports as a, as a sports reporter and um, really tried to be unbiased and disconnect myself from it. And, um, you know, not really, not really putting on that fan hats or that supporter hat at any point with any of our with any of our programs or any of our sports, quite honestly. So it may come as a surprise to people, but I don't find it that hard not to, uh, you know, not to wear the green and gold on my sleeve. Well, let's get to know the uh, the rosters for the, the University of Alberta this year. And I know much uh, was made of the recruiting class for the Golden Bears this year. And it was pretty uh, loaded, uh, impressive uh, crop of players coming in. Although they lost one just recently as uh, Griffin Outhouse, uh, who was a recruit, has now signed and turned pro with the Winnipeg Jets organization. Uh, is that is that a big blow to the Golden Bears? I mean, they still have Brennan Burke and, and Matt Berlin on the roster. I think it is a blow. Uh, Guy, I think that's going to be uh, a bit of a challenge for them. You know, they're used to having uh, the option of going to two goaltenders that I think they're they're really comfortable with. And not to say that Matt Berlin won't turn into that guy, but, you know, he, he's going to come in as a rookie. And, and Brennan Burke is clearly going to be the number one for the Golden Bears. But losing Outhouse, a, a goalie of his caliber, and obviously, you know, people at the pro ranks think he's a pretty good pretty good tender if he's getting the opportunity at that level so they were counting on him to come in and play games for them right away and uh, whether or not they were going to split it with with Burke down the middle or how it played out I think remained to be seen they weren't 100 percent on that I don't think but certainly when you lose a goaltender of that caliber it's uh it's going to be a setback and maybe not as much even this season Gee, but down the road I mean they have Burke who's a fourth year guy who has experience the first couple of years he was with the program he was excellent uh, a little bit of a step backwards last year with injuries and those type of things but they were counting on outhouse to come in and play games right away and then become probably the undisputed number one goaltender uh, depending on how his his trajectory went at the U of A so it, it is going to be a blow for them no question. Now, just for the uh, benefit of the audience, so that uh, there'll be some people hearing this that are, say, in the states that don't really know the ins and outs of uh, U sport hockey, uh, a player can have how long is their eligibility uh, playing U sport? Yeah, they can play up to five years. Five years, so it's different than the NCAA. Um, so when you lose a guy like uh, like Griffin Outhouse and potentially a five year player for you, um, that's definitely a blow for sure. Is it too late now for the U of A to go out and find another goaltender? I mean. The season is this weekend. School's already started, so it's kind of there. It's a, a bit behind the eight ball. Yeah, I mean, at this point, unless they brought somebody in to, to join the team, maybe at Christmas, it, it would be a stretch. Um, I'm not even sure what the, the deadline is to, to enroll in classes at the U of A. I'd have to check, but uh, it's certainly at this stage of the game, it, it's late to the party if you want to bring somebody in. So they would be looking at, in all likelihood, uh, an addition at Christmas, if anything. Um, and I have no idea what's in the cards for them at the goaltending position and whether or not that's a, a re- realistic possibility. But 
Um, if I were a betting man, I would say that Brendan Burke and uh, Berlin are going to be the two guys uh, for this season, and you know they'll take them as far as as they possibly can. WHL heavy uh, throughout the roster uh, on the back end. Uh, Braden Chisholm's a, a freshman this year, but uh, just coming out of his WHL career, Ben Carroll, we know from his days with the Edmonton All Kings, it's uh, top to bottom. A former WHL players, who stands out on the uh, the roster for you, the U of A on the blue line for you? Well, I, I think there's a variety of guys on the back end Guy, that are going to be you know pivotal. I mean, when you look at their roster, they they still got a lot of good defensive players from previous seasons. Um, they've obviously lost a couple of guys that I think are going to cause some concern. I mean, Jason Fromm was an absolutely outstanding defenseman for them over yeah. the course of his career, and now he's got an opportunity to play pro um, in China in the KHL. But in terms of defensemen, they've, they've got guys that they can lean on. Clayton Kirichenko is going to be a big one. Sawyer Lang is going to be a veteran guy that's going to you know get a lot of, lot of minutes for them and, and be really key. So if I had to pick a couple of guys, it would probably be Lang and and Kirishenko and, you know, even a guy like uh, Ryan Rehill, who's who's played a lot of games for them and has turned into an excellent defender who is incredibly reliable uh, for them. So, you know, there's a variety of guys that are going to fill that void. But, you know, again, it, it's no different than at the junior level or, you know, at the NCAA level. You have guys that come and they have a really good career at the university level and then they move on. Um, that's just the reality of it. You don't have guys for six, seven years that you can build around. So the, the couple of years, the three years that they had for him, I believe, uh, they'll take those any day of the week just because how good he was. And, uh, you know, next man up mentality really does apply at this level. Well, there's been so many guys who have left to go on to, to, to pro hockey from the Golden Bears program. I mean, last year, Luke Philp and, and uh, Zach Sachenko have both gone uh, and left to play uh, in the, at least the American Hockey League uh, level this year. And a bunch of guys went over to China. You mentioned the... Uh, the team in the KHL, uh, Brandon McGee also went out there. Yeah, he did. And, and those are guys who have gotten an opportunity. And I know for Jason Fram, he, his goal is to, uh, you know, to play over there and potentially get citizenship and play on the Chinese national team at the, the Beijing Olympics. I think that's a realistic goal for him. So, you know, you never know where the hockey world is going to take you. And uh, it's fascinating because a guy like Jason Fram. You know, coming out of junior, uh, probably was looking at pro opportunities. Oh, I know he was looking at pro opportunities and did have some experience at that level. And then he ends up at the University of Alberta, does an outstanding job, uh, continues to develop, and then you know doors open all over the place. And uh, he might be a might be an Olympian because uh, you know, in part because of his time at U of A. Lots of depth up front for the Golden Bears this year. Uh, players, uh, well, Ryan Jeveny is a freshman again this year, and uh, Stephen Howery has been around. Both of those guys, uh, formerly of the Medicine Hat Tigers, as is Trevor Cox, uh, Grayson Polinchuk, we knew from the Red Deer Rebels. There's a lot of talent, again, for the U of A, and I guess we should be used to this by now, but um, this uh, it seems like this year's recruiting class may have even been a better, one of the better ones over the last decade, and that's saying a lot. Yeah, it's a strong recruiting class. It's a, it's a large recruiting class. It's deep. Um, you know, obviously they've, they've had some holes to fill with the departure of some of the guys from last season, like Luke Philp, et cetera. And, um, you know, when, when you look at Alberta, it's always going to be, uh, guys from the Western hockey league who, uh, put up decent to excellent point totals. Um, that's, that's kind of, it's not a surprise to see some of the players that they come out, that come out of the Western hockey league to go to the U of A. Um, they've had a pipeline for, for many, many years now. And uh, really no surprises that they got some of the guys that they were targeting and, and really wanted to get. So uh, they'll have that depth. 
um, you know, it's always fascinating to see how guys make the jump from from junior to, to university because you are playing against older guys. Um, you know, you're playing against 24, 25-year-old guys in some cases, and that's a lot different than playing against 17-year-olds. So putting up points as a 20-year-old in the Western League, not always a guarantee that it'll translate to points uh, at the Canada West level, but uh, it certainly, you know, it never hurts to have players who have the the scoring and the assist capacity that some of these guys do uh, joining your program. Who's on the bench for the Bears this year? Ian Herbers is, is behind the bench. Uh, he was with, with the program last year. He re- rejoined after a couple of seasons as an assistant in the NHL there with the Edmonton Oilers. So he'll be back again here. This will be his fifth season, I believe, uh, behind the bench for the Bears uh, combined. So um, obviously a guy who's had a lot of success at this level um, and, and has continued the program in the right direction. All right, let's move to uh, the Saskatchewan Huskies. And, and I guess traditionally, I know I think everybody is expecting an Edmonton and Calgary rivalry, and, and that certainly does exist. But the, the uh, Huskies and the Golden Bears don't like each other very much either, fair to say? Yeah, that's an understatement, Guy. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, they've been the, the preeminent teams in the conference really over the last, well, since the mid-1990s. And uh, they've gone at it a lot in the uh, Canada West final over the years. And there is no love lost between the two programs. Um, you know, playing a, playing another team for a championship right, year after year after year, which is basically what it's been like, uh, that that breeds some bad blood. And uh, I could I can guarantee you that the Huskies probably would say that they, they don't like the Golden Bears and uh, the Golden Bears uh, vice versa. So there's there's certainly... It's it's one of the greatest rivalries in university sport in Canada, not, let alone men's hockey. So it's one of those matchups where every time the two teams bring out the best in each other, and uh, sometimes they bring out a little bit of uh, bad blood as well, which I think goes hand in hand, quite frankly. And and honestly, that rivalry it's not due to geography, like a lot of rivalries are. It's it is just because they always seem to be the two best, generally speaking, the two best hockey teams, uh, at least in the conference, if not in the country, at times. Um, so they're always meeting up at the end of the year, and and that breeds that that rivalry, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's one thing to play games against a team that is a geographic rival, and and that's great. And you know, in Alberta here, we talk about the battle of Alberta and the different sports. Well, sometimes it's not much of a battle depending on how good the two teams are, right? Um, you know, in hockey or whatever sport. But when you talk about true rivalries, it's teams playing. Re- playing repeatedly when it matters most. And that's what these two teams have done for, well, the better part of my entire life. Who are some of the standouts on the roster for the Huskies? Well, it starts and ends in terms of, you know, the, the key pieces for them in goal with Darren Cozen. Um, you know, he had one of the best one of the best seasons in net uh, for any goaltender ever in Canada West history last year with five shutouts. And Zach Sochenko for Alberta both had five shutouts, which was uh, a single-season record. Uh, Cozen was the goalie of the year both at the conference level and nationally with U sports. He's, he's a big time player for them and he's going to determine really quite frankly, I think what kind of season they have. He's coming in undisputed, probably uh, the, the best player in the conference. I would say this season, um, he's certainly the best goaltender on paper entering this campaign. So it's going to be a huge, it's going to be a huge, uh, huge load for him. He'll play the vast majority of their games, but um He's he's the uh, stick that stirs the drink, so to speak, in Saskatoon and for the Saskatchewan Huskies, no question. Uh, Blue Liners, I know, uh, well, again, lots of WHL talent on on this roster, but uh, I don't know if you have the roster right in front of you or not, but uh, who are some of the names that jump off the page at you? 
Yeah, well, and again, I like to kind of start with some of the guys that they lose and one of the players that they lost last year who was, you know, uh, an emotional leader, uh, a very emotional guy on the ice was Jesse Forsberg on the back end. He was a key player for them and uh, certainly is, is going to be a, a loss for them in, in a variety of different ways. You know, they've got, they've got a bit of a mixed bag on the back end in terms of some young guys and some older guys in terms of some veteran players that are, are going to take some big loads. It's Colby Harmsworth for, for Saskatchewan is one of the guys that's going to be a key, uh, you know, key defender for them. Shane Collins, who's a second-year player who is going to take on an extended role with them this season, is going to be uh, a player to watch for them as well. Um, and then, you know, they have a variety of, of other guys who are going to slot in there. But I, I would keep my eye on a guy like, like Collins to take on more of a role. Kendall Francois is another second-year guy who had a, had a good rookie year for them. Um, so they've got they've got some second- and third-year players that I think they're going to expect some bigger things out of. Gordy Ballhorn's another one, former Kelowna Rockets. So uh, that that sort of portion of their team, those second- and, and third-year defensemen, um, are going to going to be key for them uh, moving into this season. Is uh, Dave Adolf still uh, on the bench there? Yeah, absolutely he is. And entering his 27th season wow. uh, as the bench boss for bench boss for the Huskies, so he's been there a while, and uh, yeah, he's experienced lots of uh, lots of those rivalry games between the Bears that we were talking about earlier. Oh, always loved uh, the conversations uh, with him before games uh, between the two teams, and uh, sometimes the conversations after the games, uh, but between those two teams uh, as well. Uh, very entertaining interview for sure. Uh, all right, let's go to uh, the next club, and maybe we'll stop with the uh, the Calgary uh, Dinos uh, down at the University of Calgary, and uh, and again, uh, what you're expecting from them, and and some of the notable names on their roster. Yeah, well, I mean, Calgary finished third last year in the conference. They had a solid season. They won 18 games. Um, it was really there was a distinct pack for Alberta and Saskatchewan in the regular season, and then Calgary was in sort of that that chase position, and. For them, the, the big key is going to be how do they replace some of the offense that they lost from last season with Riley Sheen, who led the conference in scoring last year, was really an excellent player for them and, and did everything right for them. I should say he led the second in the league in goals, I should say, sorry, but Luke Philp for Albert obviously led the league and, and has signed uh, pro with, with the Calgary organization. But Riley Sheen was a guy who was far and away their best offensive player by, by double-digit points. So how they replace him is going to be uh, going to be really key. Um, one of the guys that they're going to lean on to try and do that is, is a fourth-year guy, Logan Fisher, who uh, is going to need to build on a 20-plus point season from last year. So, you know, offensively, there's question marks. Uh, goaltending, they should be fine with Matthew Greenfield back in the net. Um you know, he had a he had a decent season for them. Really, last year it was it was interesting. He, you know, the goaltending across the board in the conference was was frankly excellent. Um, There's a number of guys who had um, really good seasons. Greenfield, Jordan Paperni, kind of split time in Calgary. So uh, how they how they're able to divvy up that that load is going to be interesting to see how that shakes down as they were right down the middle, 14 games apiece. Um, but the offensive pieces is, is going to be key for Calgary. If they can replace that, that scoring from Riley Sheen, he was a huge part of what they did, uh, a 19-goal scorer. So that is really a question mark entering the season. And I mentioned Fisher is going to be a guy they rely on to try and make up some of those point totals. But uh, it's going to be a, a score-by-committee situation for the Dinos. Greenfield, interesting uh, guy from Parkland, Florida, played in the OHL with the Kitchen Rangers, if memory serves, and uh, finds his way out. 
out west here to play at the University of Calgary. Interesting uh, uh, career path for him. Uh, you mentioned Jordan Papernia as well. We know him well, Edmontonian kid. Uh, it only went a couple of years to Calgary. He was done after last year. No, Jordan. Jordan should be back. I, I believe he's back for the Nationals this season. So okay. Um, I, I, I'm almost certain that he has eligibility left. I'm just trying to pull up the roster to make sure of that. But I, I'm almost certain that he'll be back for the Nationals. And like I said, he split right down the middle with with Greenfield last season. So it's going to be a situation where you know we've that that's kind of become the norm for most of the teams is they've tried to uh, to, to even out the load in most cases between their goaltenders and have two guys that they can give an opportunity to. And um, Paperni has actually done this season for the Dinos, so he won't be back. But um, it's a situation where, you know, it's it's not the norm that a guy is going to play 20-plus uh, games. That's just not the reality of, of uh, the situation. And, in fact, you know, last season uh, there were a couple of teams that rode, rode one guy for the vast majority of the year. Uh, Saskatchewan was one with Cozen, uh, Byron Spriggs in Manitoba, Houston in Lethbridge, and McCauley in Regina, and that that was that was a rarity in terms of the last you know five or six seasons where teams were much more keen to to try and split it and, and give guys an opportunity, uh, whether that's between two or three netminders. Evan Dom, my guest, who co- who's coaching in Calgary, uh, Evan? Yeah, Mark Howell's back. Uh, he's been there for over a decade, so um, he continues to guide that program and. Uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting season for the Dinos without a guy like Riley Sheen, but they, they're always in the mix. They're always in, uh, you know, that 3-4 spot. They're a competitive program. Obviously, there's lots of talent in Calgary that they can draw from, so uh, they'll be in the hunt again this season like they, they almost always are. The uh, a team that finished fourth last year in Canada West was uh, the UBC, University of British Columbia. Uh, when I look at their roster, first name that jumps out, goaltender, Patrick Day, former Edmonton Oil King, and there's a, a few of them, as a matter of fact, on this club, uh, guys who were uh, Oil Kings uh, in their uh, WHL days and uh, uh, now find themselves uh, at UBC. Um, I'm trying to remember the coach's name when I was uh, covering uh, the, the Golden Bears. Uh, now I can't remember. Probably Melandre Gacivic. That, that's it. I knew there was, a, like, Dragon was somewhere in that name, but I couldn't remember exactly how it was. Um, is he still uh, coaching in UBC? No, head coach for UBC in his uh, fourth year now is Sven Boonshan. So, former NHLer, uh, German right. national. He played in Vancouver for the Canucks, uh, settled in, in the Vancouver area, and is now, you know, multiple seasons into his uh, head coaching career there with the UBC Thunderbirds. And He's done a nice job over the four seasons. He's got, uh, you know, he's got a winning percentage north of 500. Um, the last couple of seasons, the recruiting classes, in my opinion, have been uh, pretty strong and then have improved from, you know, five, six, seven years ago. So he's, uh, he's done a good job with that program in terms of getting some momentum going the right way. Other than uh, the Oil Kings that I mentioned in Patrick Day, Colton Keller, former Oil King captain, uh, Quinn Benjafield, QB14, was on the club last year with Edmonton. Uh, who else are the uh, the, the uh, standout players uh, on the roster for UBC, the Thunderbirds? Yeah, I, I, I would have to say that they're, they're a top player and a guy who I think probably will have an opportunity to play pro if he wants to down the road is Jarrett Smith, uh, defenseman. He's in his fourth year, uh, just shy of 20 points last year for them. Um, you know, he was fourth in, in conference scoring in terms of defenders. Really good defense, defensively. Um, hard to play against in his own zone, makes a good first pass, you know, sort of the prototypical things that you're looking from a defenseman. He, he was among the best at that position last year in the conference. Um, 
last season when when the U Sports All Star team played against the Canadian World Junior hopefuls. There, he was on that team, so he's a real, really rock solid uh, guy for them, and uh, should. I mean, he'll get massive minutes for UBC, um, and and I'm, I'm sure he'll handle them well. He, he's an experienced player, obviously, in his fourth season, and uh, incredibly reliable, and, and he'll get the tough assignments against uh, the other team's best uh, offensive players. That was Jared Smith, four-year uh, Seattle Thunderbird uh, as well. Um, all right, four other teams to, to touch on, and I know I've already kept you a long time, uh, but don't want to ignore these four teams, so maybe we'll have to go through them a little bit quicker. I apologize to uh, to those programs, but let's go to Mount Royal. They were uh, fifth place in the in Canada West last year. Who's the coach? Who are the notables on the roster? Yep, Bert Gilling in his sixth season there with Mount Royal. Um, good recruiting class for them coming off of last season so that they'll they'll be well positioned uh, certainly moving forward with some of the guys that they've brought in uh nolan yuremko among them uh tri-city americans captain last season uh an alberta kid from from northern alberta mm-hmm. uh riley morris was a bit of a surprise for them last year um he was an outstanding goaltender at the junior level with okotoks uh, came in last season and uh, was outstanding. He was one of the top rookies in, in the country, quite frankly. Uh, Double-digit wins for him, save percentage just shy of 920. Uh, he'll be a key part of their operation, as is any goaltender. But, you know, see how he comes into this second season here and, and what he can do for them. A bit of a surprise as a rookie, like I mentioned, but it's going to be a, a massive part of what they do with uh, with a group that, again, is trying to look for a little bit of a breakthrough here. They've always been competitive. They've, they've had a very good program under Bert Gilling um, and, and trying to take the next step and, and win a couple of playoff rounds here and, and make some make some noise come uh, come February and March. Other guys at Mount Royal on the roster, Keegan Iverson, Connor Rankin, who was outstanding in his WHL career. Andrew Fighton wrapped it up with the Oil Kings last year. Mitch LaPon, Kate Jensen was a really good WHLer as well, so that's a, an interesting uh, roster for sure. Uh, let's move on uh, to uh, who was uh, fifth in the division last year. That was Mount Royal University of Lethbridge uh, was sixth place. So the Pronghorns, uh, who's the coach, and what do you uh, what do you see on their roster? Uh, Murray Nystrom, second season there. He uh, he joined the Pronghorns last year, um, right before the start of the season. Here uh, came to them from the OUA where he coached previously. Um, Torin White is their big offensive guy. He's a fourth-year player out of Met Hat. He's going to be really, really key for them. Um, some key sort of losses, some things to keep an eye on. Garrett Houston, who I mentioned earlier, played a lot of minutes for them in goal, um, won't be back with them. So that's, that's a situation to watch in terms of who slots in and who can take some minutes. Um, there, Justin Valentino, another player who was, was key for them last season, uh, led the team in points with 27 uh, so, you know, when it comes to, comes to the offense, which for some of the, some of the teams that were, you know, I mean, for Alberta and Saskatchewan and, and sort of the top three to four teams, there's going to be guys that are going to put up point totals. But, um, for the Lethbridge's, Regina's, uh, Manitoba's, it's going to be key that their big guys, uh, are able to deliver just like they did in previous seasons because they'll be relying on them heavily. And, uh, I guarantee you Valentino and White are going to be seeing a ton of power play time for them to try and capitalize on that. So, uh, those are two guys for sure that, uh, that you need to watch. The Manitoba Bisons uh, always have some notable names on their roster as well. And, uh, who is on the bench for, uh, Manitoba? Uh, Mike Sorant, more than two decades at the helm of that program. So wow. he would be the second longest, uh, tenured coach in the conference behind Dave Adolph. 
Um, disappointing season last year for them, finishing seventh in the conference. Uh, didn't make the playoffs, so they're on the outside looking in. Um, that is that is not, uh, you know, that, that's a situation where Mike Saranta would obviously be disappointed not to be in the playoffs and, and have a kick at the can. They've had some, some really good seasons in the past, and then last year was obviously a disappointment. Uh, big guy for them. Uh, longest tenured player on their team, Adam Henry, defenseman, played a ton of minutes for them. Uh, he's going to have to put up some points for them as well from the back end. Uh, he'll be the, the quarterback of the power play, 16 points last season for him. Um, he went to the University Ad Games last uh, last this past spring for for Canada. So uh, they basically took a took all the rosters for teams that. Uh, didn't qualify for the playoffs across the country and, and built a bit of an all-star team from those guys. And he was one of the players that went for Canada and won bronze over there. So uh, he's got a little bit of international experience as well, which might be interesting for, uh, for your listeners. So he's, he's certainly a player to watch. And I mentioned Byron Spriggs was their goaltender last season and, and logged a ton of minutes and uh, should be more of the same for him as well in goal. Last team, last but not hopefully uh, not least uh, for fans of uh, the University of Regina, but uh, uh, again, start with the coach and uh, some of the notable players on the roster. Uh, Todd Johnson, uh, eighth year at the helm of that program, uh, former standout at the University of Calgary from his own playing days. Uh, Tyler King, defenseman, fourth-year player for them, uh, led the team in scoring last year from the back end with 17 points. So, uh, again, we've talked a little bit about some of the offensive challenges some of these teams are, are going to need to answer this season. Regina certainly in that boat in terms of who's going to score. Uh, they scored 55 goals last year, which was, was eighth in the conference. Um, they're going to have to find some offense from, from some new faces. Uh, and not to say that you don't want points from the back end, Guy, but I would almost guarantee you that every coach would prefer that their leading scorer was a forward. So uh, Regina, I'm sure, is hoping for that this year. Um, all right, and it seems like just looking at the roster quickly, Regina would be a club that doesn't have just top to bottom WHLers. There's a lot of junior A guys who who are uh, that show up in in Canada West as well, and they have their share uh, of uh, of those types of players. Um, so not everybody's got uh, a full roster of WHLers. No, there, there's certainly a lot of former junior A guys from across you know the BC, the AJ, SJ, and MJ in the league, and. You know, some of those guys have Western League experience previously and maybe played a 20-year-old season at that level or some of those guys play the entirety of their junior careers at that level. And, you know, one of the most interesting things to watch every season is which former junior A guy, whether or not they played their entire career or not at that level, even if they played their 20-year-old, those guys come in as recruits that are a little bit under the radar just based on some of the Western Hockey League guys that join these programs. But there's always one or two guys who comes in from the junior ranks and puts up big offensive numbers, either in their first or second season. And they're kind of a, a diamond in the rough, so to speak, for some of these head coaches. But those guys can make a huge difference because you're almost not expecting that out of, out of some of them. Some of them come in with massive offensive numbers from junior A, and you, you expect them to be able to translate a little bit. But there's always a couple of guys who maybe weren't huge offensive point producers at that level who come in and make an impact right away. And Sometimes, uh, you know, they're the difference between a team making the playoffs or not. Evan, just a couple more for you. Uh, I know at this time of year or at this, you know, early October-ish, somewhere in there, there'll be a lot of, uh, uh, U, I was going to say CIS, uh, U-sport teams uh, that will be playing against some NCAA exhibitions and, 
I know for the the NCAA uh, teams, they'll treat it kind of like preseason, and uh, for the uh, uh, U Sport clubs, uh, it's a good way to uh, kind of uh, match up a little bit and maybe uh, test some line combinations and things. Uh, UBC just had Wisconsin uh, uh, come up north at the start of September uh, and seemed to have gone over pretty well. Any other uh, NCAA teams coming north of the border this year? Uh, nobody else coming north of the border. Um, you know, typically our, our teams always have a you know handful of games against NCAA opponents. Um, Mount Royal is going down to Minnesota to play Mankato and Minnesota the first week of October. I'm trying to think off the top of my head if you have any other programs who are going down south, and, and apologies, but I can't recall. Um, sure. But I know for sure Mount Royal is going down there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's always interesting to see those teams play, and, and I know UBC was really excited to have Wisconsin come up, you know, a program of that caliber to come up north, which is which is the exception to the norm. Most of the time our programs go down south and play for a variety of reasons, for travels for those NCAA teams and uh, also, it's a bit of an experience thing for, for our guys as well. And I know the programs like to go down and, and play in some of those facilities and, and see some different parts of the world. So it's a team bonding uh, thing as much as anything for, for our programs when they go down south. So it's it's become, you know, it's consistently part of a variety of team schedules depending on the year. Uh, you know, we'll have a couple of programs playing against NCAA opponents. And I, I know that, that our players enjoy that experience, certainly. Um, and uh, it'll be no different this year for Mount Royal and um, any other teams, like you mentioned, UBC, who play NCAA opponents. Lastly, uh, I know uh, firsthand that uh, the uh, Canadian University sport level of, uh, of men's hockey, is, uh, it's really, really underappreciated. I think it's probably underscouted to some degree, although that obviously is changing with the number of players who are getting pro contracts here in the last few years. But for the general fans, uh, to encourage them to come out and watch these games, uh, you know, if you're in rural areas, it might be harder to get to the the, uh, to the city centers to uh, to watch the games live. But you can watch these games online too, right? Tell me about Canada West TV. Yeah, absolutely. So Canada West TV is uh, the streaming home for the conference, and and we will webcast absolutely every men's hockey game this season. We've been doing that uh, for for a number of years. Um, so it's an opportunity for people who want to watch this level of hockey. Uh, it gives them that chance to do it from their own living room, which is obviously great. Um, you know, in terms of the quality of the webcast, it's it's improving every single season. You know, you watch a webcast out of uh, out of the new facility in Saskatoon there at Merlis Belcher Place. You watch the Huskies. Uh, it's it's a good viewing experience. It's a great viewing experience out of Alberta. Um, our schools are putting more and more resources into showcasing uh, showcasing our student athletes, whether it be men's hockey or otherwise, on Canada West TV. So. I would encourage anybody to uh, to visit CanadaWest.tv and get their pass uh, before the start of the season here as we kick off Friday night. So if you want to watch all the action all season long, uh, it's the only place to do it. So I uh, appreciate the opportunity to mention that, and it's something that takes up a lot of time both for our, our institutions and in our conference office as well, and, and we're proud of that, and, and we're proud of uh, the strides we've made in terms of showcasing student-athletes and, uh, like you said, a, a level of hockey that is, is highly entertaining and uh, highly accessible now for people really all over the world. Awesome. Uh, Evan, I really appreciate your time. I hope you don't mind if I call you back uh, several times over the course of the season. I'd be happy to do that, Keith. Look forward to chatting with you again, and uh, keep up the good work and enjoy the, enjoy the show. 
There you go. That is Evan Dom uh, with the uh, with Canada West, the uh, director of marketing for Canada West. And uh, I really think uh, we need to talk more U Sports on the show. We've done some in the past where mostly it's we're talking to players about from their perspective about using their uh, CHL scholarship uh, and uh, pursuing their education for free. Every year you play in the CHL, you get a year of education. Uh, books and tuition are covered for uh, each year that you played in the uh, Canadian Hockey League. But I think it's also important not just to talk about it in that regard, but about the hockey, because it is damn good hockey. And I think uh, more and more players are start- starting to get uh, noticed. You know, rather than 24-year-old out of uh, Europe, why not the 24-year-old that's playing for the University of Calgary or that's uh, playing for Acadia out east or or right here uh, with the University of Alberta, Golden Bears, much like Luke, Luke Filt did last year and Zach Sachenko did this uh, this past summer, both of them uh, being signed by NHL teams. So looking forward to talking more U-Sports on the Pipeline show. One segment left to go, and we are going to get uh, up to date on everything happening around the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Tyler Uremchuk has a new show on TSN 1260 called Inside the AJHL. We'll talk about that and about what's happened so far this early season in the AJHL. We'll do that next here on the Pipeline Show. Soretsky, Mitchell, one-time shot, scores! Ian Mitchell, this kid's been red hot here on this road trip. He's got goals in back-to-back games, and he opens the scoring here. Hi, this is Ian Mitchell of the Spruce Grove Saints, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Jonathan Taves. Backhand score! Wow, what a goal! Joe Pavelski. And Johnny Gaudreau were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! 